Thank you very much. Uh, if you, uh, one more time, look inside your bulletin. There's one more little uh, uh, insert in there, and it's a building fund envelope. Uh, we are taking an offering in two weeks, and uh, if you would already begin thinking about what part the Lord would have you, say, Lord, what, what would you have me to do here? And whatever he uh, makes clear, would you be willing to do it? That's all we're asking. Uh, there main entrance back there, there's blueprints of what's happening. It'll be back here in the gravel section, the uh, youth center building here, um, and then creating some more space at the East Jordan location. If you have questions, see Pastor Bob, see Paul Terrio. Um, they'll be ready, and uh, that will be happening again in two weeks. How many of you have ever received an invitation in the mail, let's say, to a wedding? And you know you should go, you know you really should go, but you really don't want to go. Okay, how many of you can, you, can, you can be honest, okay? I know I've been there. Or perhaps it's an invite to a graduation open house, and you're thinking, I, I know I probably should go, but I'm hoping I have a good excuse for not being able to go. Can you, can you relate? Or, uh, or maybe somebody invites you to a birthday party and it's somebody that you really should go and celebrate their birthday, but you're kind of looking for a reason to skip it. Kind of looking that maybe I'll have a good reason and I'll say, you know, I'd really like to have come, but just couldn't make it. Or a fancy banquet and you know there'll be really good food at the banquet but you're still hoping for a last-minute excuse to, to, to duck out. Uh, turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 14. Uh, Jesus speaks of people finding excuses, last-minute reasons to skip an amazing event. And it's kind of interesting what happens. Uh, so if you're able, would you please stand with me? Uh, Luke chapter 14, uh, and let's listen to the excuses and the reasons people give to say no when Jesus invites them to this amazing event. Ready? We're going to read starting with verse 15 down through verse 24. Let's read together. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. 
I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this very uh, interesting parable that's recorded for our sake. Lord, thank you for inspiring Dr. Luke to get it down on paper just right. And uh, thank you, Lord, for preserving it for us. And Lord, I'm asking that uh, what we just read will speak and touch our hearts today. We want to say thank you for being an inviting and a welcoming God. And Lord, uh, I believe that you've invited every human being on earth who's ever lived in all of history to be a part of your banquet that we just read about. So Lord, we just want you to know we look forward to that day. We look forward to banqueting with you and being face-to-face with your Son, Jesus Christ. We look forward to our eternal reward. We look forward to our eternal rest. But we pause now and realize that uh, between now and then, there's going to be some time, some days and weeks and months and years. And right now, Lord, I want to pray for some of my friends in your church today who've been through a tough week. Uh, Some of them have actually been through a miserable, no good, very bad week. And I'm asking that today in your church that they might be encouraged and strengthened and renewed in their faith. Lord, may as we dig into your book, uh, your word, bring that encouragement. Lord, right now we uh, ask that your spirit might be welcomed. And may your spirit and your word come and uh, refill tanks and recharge batteries. Lord, help us to notice folks around us right now, because this is family time. Help us to notice the people around us who are hurting and need our support, who need our love and care. Lord, help us to reach out and care for them and love on them in the name of your Son, Jesus. So we invite your word and we invite your spirit to come and speak to our minds and our hearts and our wills. And all the church gathered at Walloon Lake said with one loud voice, You did good. Amen. You may be seated. Need five good minutes for background, and then we'll jump into the passage, okay? Because if you don't go back in chapter 14, it really doesn't make much sense what we're going to talk about. So if you got your Bible, or maybe somebody next to you, they'll let you uh, look on with you. Let me give you a little context for verses 14 to uh, uh, verses 15 to 24. Uh, verse 1, Jesus gets invited to the home of a well-known Pharisee. Seems like everybody knows this guy, and he's well-known and likely well-respected in the world of Pharisees, and he gets invited to his house on a Sabbath. It's Saturday, and uh, now Jesus is going to go, and it seems he's going to have what we would call the Sabbath meal, uh, the Saturday dinner. Okay, uh, Verse 1 Chapter 14, look, it says, And they invited Jesus to scrutinize and carefully watch him. So the reason they invited Jesus to the Pharisee's house was they're going to put him under their legalistic magnifying glasses. And they're going to look him over and they're going to do everything they can to find some flaw, to find some error, to find some problems. Uh, Verses 2 to 4 We'll just uh, flow quickly there. 
Jesus sees someone who's sick. It's a, a guest at this party who has edema. Uh, I had to look this up. I didn't know what this meant. Uh, anyway, here's what Mayo.com says about edema. It's swelling in your hands, arms, feet, ankles, and legs. It's painful, and it's really hard for that person to move and to live and just to enjoy life. So this is someone who's got swelling either in their uh, hands, arms, feet, ankles, or legs, and, and they're not in good shape. And Jesus notices that person. So look at verse 3. Here's what's kind of cool. Jesus asks the question, Hey, uh, I just wanted you to know, is it legal, is it lawful, Pharisees, because this is uh, Pharisee country, well-known Pharisee's house, is it legal and lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Verse 4, crickets, <laughs> nothing, silence. No one is willing to answer Jesus' question. So Jesus goes ahead and does what he wants to do. Last part of verse 4, Jesus touches the man, heals the man, and it seems like he probably sends him back. He sends him out of the house. Uh, probably the man, go back, show your family, show your friends, look what I've done. That's typically what happens. Anyway, Jesus knows they're testing and watching him. So notice what he does. He asks some great questions. Verse 5, okay, he's just healed this man. And now he says, if you had a son or a daughter fall in a well on the Sabbath, or, verse 5, look at it, if your very best ox fell in a well on the Sabbath, would you leave it in the well? Would you leave your son or daughter in the well and let them drown, and then go get them out the next day? Would you leave your best ox in the well and let them drown, or would you go and get that ox out and not wait till the next day? It's a good question, isn't it? Verse 6, the sound of silence. <laughs> Nothing. Why? Because they know he's asked such a good question. Uh, they don't want to give him the answer that's obvious to everybody. Of course, if my son or daughter were in a well and drowning, I'd get them out, even if it's on the Sabbath. Of course, if my best ox is about to drown in a well, I'm going to get them out. They know that, but they don't want to say it. And then verses 7 to 14, uh, you can read this later, but Jesus just kind of tears into the house of legalists. He, he looks up, they won't say, they won't answer his questions, so now he's just going to let them have it. They're all playing musical chairs. In other words, everybody wants the best seat. Everybody's jockeying for the best. It's, it's one of those dinner parties where it's all about who's got the place of honor, and uh, it's really the social circle of pious rule keepers, uh, all the Pharisees, and, and they're playing this little game. Um, Jesus looks around, and he says, uh, why haven't you invited anybody here except your relatives? Why do you only invite each other to these parties? Why do you only invite rich neighbors and friends who next week will invite you to their party? And then you'll get you invited to the guy uh, across the tables, and then everybody's just kind of playing this, I'll invite you and you invite me. It's the, the Pharisee circle of party. He looks and he says, where are the poor? Where are the crippled? Where are the lame? Where are the blind? You're only inviting people who can pay you back, and they'll, they'll, they'll pay you back by inviting you to their party. And he's ripping into the entire dinner party, and, and I'm confident everybody's thinking, 
this is a downer. This is awkward. This is no fun. Uh, uh, what do I say? What do we do? We invited him here. We were going to put him under the magnifying glass. But instead, what's happening? He's putting us under the magnifying glass. This isn't good. So look at verse 15. That's the first verse we read. Some fast-thinking guy thinks, i got to change the subject. You ever done that? It gets awkward. Maybe your mom asks you a hard question. And you don't want to answer the question, so let's change the subject. That's exactly what this guy does. Verse 15, I'm going to switch the subject, and hopefully then everybody can relax. Here's what the guy says. When one of those at the table with him heard this, heard Jesus, this is awkward, uh, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Doesn't that sound really good? Uh, that, wow, that was good. You know, I don't know if that was, his name was Joe or Bill or Kevin. I'm not sure what his name was, but nice job, Kev. Uh, really good, yeah. Uh, here's translation, verse 15, okay? Uh, it's too bad that all those poor, crippled, lame, and blind people that aren't here uh, can't enjoy this feast. But ain't it great that all of us are going to enjoy this feast and then the great feast in heaven? That's really what he's saying. Uh, aren't we insiders blessed? Aren't we glad not to be the outsiders like those unfortunate folks you just talked about, Jesus? And besides, God likes us best. <laughs> we got our ticket to eternity. We know we're on the in crowd, and you like us best, and we're okay as far as where our eternal future is, so we're really glad to be here. Ain't it good to be here with friends? And besides, we're God's best. Everybody knows that. That's what's happening to lead up to this parable, okay? So now you got the context. Uh, beginning in verse 16, here's the parable that Jesus responds to this guy who's trying to switch the subject. He says, you want to switch the subject? Okay, I'll go with that. And now he replies with this story. Verse 16, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and he invited many guests. Verse 17, at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell who had been invited, come, for everything's now ready. At this time in history, track with me a minute, uh, if you were going to invite guests to your big deal, to your wedding, to your reception, to your graduation party, you would first, well in advance, invite them. Sometimes it was a personal messenger, uh, sometimes it was written, but well in advance, you would invite people to come. Now you can plan, and then they would say, and now please tell us whether or not you're going to come. Kind of like our mail-in system, Carol, or you know, email system, now we have it. Uh, uh, I'm going to come, I'm going to RSVP, we're going to be there. Are you tracking? Okay, so, and then the, on the day of the event, okay, now it's wedding day. Uh, on the day of the banquet, um, the host would send out a servant to alert the guests, the banquet is ready. Everything is set. You can come now. The fatted calf has been roasted. The goose has been cooked. The table has been set. The good china is on it. The band is all rehearsed. They've done their sound checks. The host is eager to greet you. Come on. We're going to have a great time. Are you tracking? So, so that's what it was like in those days. Uh, verse 18. But they all alike 
began to make excuses. The first one said, um, I bought a field <laughs> and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. I call this first excuse the Century 21 excuse. Um, uh, I just bought a field. Would you tell your master I need to go and see what I bought? Really? <laughs> Think with me now. You bought a field and you haven't even gone and look at it yet? Really? No. Uh, and you can't go and look at your field some more tomorrow. Really? Um, again, it's an excuse. It's, uh, it's uh, just silliness, and yet that's what they said. Can't come. Sorry. Not going to be able to make it. Verse 19. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Second excuse, I call the yokes on me excuse. Let that one sink in. It gets better with time. Yeah. Uh, I, I just purchased five pairs of oxen. And I can't come to the banquet, which I said I was coming to, because I need to go test them out and see if they plow well. That's, that's the, the excuse. Really? You, you haven't already tested them? You purchased them and you didn't even test them out? Uh, and you couldn't test them out tomorrow? See, see the flimsiness of their excuse? <laughs> Verse 20. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. I call this, I forgot I eloped excuse. I know I told you I was coming, but when I told you I was coming, I forgot I just got married. I forgot that I eloped with my, my bride, and, and I forgot that I'm newly married. <laughs> uh, according to Deuteronomy 24.5, uh, first year of marriage, husbands, uh, you don't have to serve in the military if you were in Old Testament, ancient Israel. You don't have to serve in the Israeli army, Okay. So, but what, what it's saying is, first year of marriage, make sure you enjoy your wife, spend lots of time with your bride, uh, let the glue set, is really what it's, what it's saying. Now, this man is saying, uh, I know you came, and I said, yes, I'd love to come, but you know, I've only been married six months, and I really should stay at home with my wife, because we just got streaming Netflix. And, and now I'm really enjoying the Fuller House episodes, and we've got three more. So um, I don't think we're going to be able to come to the wedding because we need to finish off the streaming Netflix of the Fuller House. Sorry, tell them we can't come. It's not like he got married yesterday because he's already told him I'm coming. Uh, but I forgot that I'm newly married, and I forgot that that's a good reason not to come. Verse 21. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry <laughs> uh, and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town, bring in the poor, bring in the crippled, bring in the blind, bring in the lame. Sir, the servant said, when you ordered what you ordered, I've already done that, but there's still more room. This is a big, big banquet hall. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads, the country lanes, compel them to come in. I want my house full. 
I've got all this, this amazing banquet prepared. I want the house full. Uh, if those folks aren't going to come to the banquet, if they're going to hold on to their silly excuses, so be it. Go invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. And verse, verse 22 is, is pretty cool. Uh, we've done that. Uh, verse 23, uh, then go invite everybody. And I'm sure the servants are thinking, you don't mean like the Gentiles, do you? And, and, and the, the uh, owner says, yeah, everybody. I, I don't care who they are. Even the non-Jewish ones can come. Even the Gentiles. If they're willing to come to my banquet, they can come to my banquet. Verse 24. Serious, frightening verse. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Those ones that, that said they were coming, and now they got some silly, stupid excuse None of them will even get a morsel of the good stuff at my banquet. You said they wanted to come. They took my initial invitation. But when my servant came to say, hey, it's ready, come, come on, they found some flimsy, silly excuse to skip the banquet. Because um, the real reason they make excuses, are you ready? Is because they really don't want to go to the great banquet. Because if they really wanted to go to my banquet they would have come to my banquet. And the fact that they found some other reason or, or some excuse to skip it shows that they really didn't want to come. So, first question. What's the meaning of the feast of the parable? But what's it all about? Hold your spot. Go with me to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19. Here's, here's the banquet that uh, this parable refers to. We would call this the marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, I'll start in verse 6. John writes, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing water, like peals of thunder shouting. Can, the crowd is massive at the banquet. Lots of people. Um, and, and look what they're doing. They're, they're shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come. We're finally here with the Lamb, with Jesus, and finally we get to enjoy the Lamb. <laughs> and His bride has made herself ready. That, that's the church. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. The feast that's recorded here, Revelation 19, is by invitation only. You understand, right? The only thing is everybody's invited. But the truth is, only those who've been invited, and who's invited? Everybody. But only those who accept the invitation and say yes by faith to the one who offers the invitation to come and banquet with me are allowed to enter. Does that make sense? So everybody's invited, but only those who accept the invitation and say yes 
I'm going to follow you, and I am going to come, and I'm going to banquet with you, are welcome to attend. And if you don't get your name on the reservation list, how do you get your name on the reservation list? You have to realize, oh yeah, I've been invited, and I believe that I've been invited, and I receive that invitation, and I choose to follow the person who's at this banquet table, the, the giver of this feast, and I'm going to follow him. And if you're at this feast, check this. If, you got, if you've got your Bible, flip over to Revelation 21 and 22, okay? Because if, if you're at this banquet, then you get to be a part of Revelation 21 and 22, okay? But if you're not at this feast, then you don't get to be a part of the new heaven and the new earth, which is Revelation 21 and 22, this uh, parable is saying, uh, I sent my servant, and his name is Jesus Christ, to say, come with me, eat with me, the feast is ready. And you said, uh, I got excuses. I got my reasons. I don't think I'm going to come anymore. Uh, I don't like how you heal people on the Sabbath. Not real pleased with that. And I don't like the fact that you're tipping tables over and money changers and all of our stuff in the temple is being messed with. I don't like that. And, and I don't like the fact that you're claiming to be God. You're claiming to be equal with Jehovah God. I don't think I like that. I think I need to go look at my new field that I just bought. I, I think I need to go test out my oxen uh, that I just purchased and, and see how they plow. Uh, I think I need to go watch TV with my new wife instead. You know, I, I know I said I was going to come, but, but I, I don't think I'm going to come now. And Luke 14, 24 says, uh, if you reject my servant Jesus Christ, if you refuse his invitation to follow him, uh, you're not going to get a taste of this amazing banquet. <laughs> you're not going to be invited to the most awesome event in all of history, which is the marriage supper of the Lamb. And if you're not there at the marriage supper of the Lamb, Revelation 19, then you don't get to enter into Revelation 21 and 22, which is the new heaven and the new earth. So, how does this tasty parable apply to us 2016? Okay? How, how does this relate to us because you know there's a lot of jews and then gentiles and how does this relate to us today if ever there was a parable my opinion that speaks to the condition of many if not most people in america today it's this one i think this is so relevant and so fresh and so applicable. It's like this one was made for us. Why? Because Americans, we like the idea of God, don't we? I, I like a God who's awesome and watches over. And I like the idea of heaven. And I like the idea of eternal life. And I like the idea of a big banquet, don't you? A big, big table with lots and lots of food. Who doesn't like that? Can I get an amen? Yeah, I, yeah. And I, and I actually wrote down what I'd have on my table, and I thought, you don't need to know that. Because uh, you've got your own table, right? And you'll put your own stuff. Yeah. We like the idea of a forgiving Jesus, don't we? 
I like a, 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 a God who knows us and loves me and protects me and then please bless me. I really like that part. Bless me, bless me, bless me. Just give me more and more and more and everything I ask, just keep blessing me. We like that. And the vast majority of Americans claim the label, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Did you know like 80, 90% of, of, of Americans claim to be Christians? Oh yeah, I'm one of those. I, I like that idea. I like the idea of being called a Christian. But the great banquet that Jesus speaks about here begins only when someone says, yeah, I realize that you're inviting me, Jesus, and now I'm choosing to do the U-turn and follow you and accept you, the greatest gift ever offered, knowing and following you. Do you understand? The only way that you get to be a part of this big banquet is to say yes today to Jesus. Otherwise, you're not on the reservation list. You're not going to get invited. I just wonder how many of us would say, you know, I'm hungry, Jesus, for you to fill me with your life-giving power. Of those 80 to 90% of Americans who claim to be Christians, how many would say, only Jesus gives me the living water to live and the bread of life that gives me the strength to, to daily live? How many... Americans say, my heart, my passion, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about your kingdom. It's all about your book. It's all about your church. It's all about your will. How many Americans would really say that that's what it means to be a follower of yours? I'm going to shine bright. I'm going to let the reality of Jesus live in and through me daily and shine bright to all those around me. If that's not happening, just listen closely. If that's not happening in us, then we're not on the guest list. If that's not happening, then the king, the master, uh, the Christ is going to say, I I'm sorry, uh, but I don't see your name on the guest list. I know you like the idea of the banquet, and I know you like the idea of me being your God, and you like the idea of heaven and being blessed, but you never followed me. You never banqueted with me. You never believed in me. You never received me as Savior and Lord. You never walked with me daily. Uh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you understand? We, we daily mostly want to live out of the dumpster of this world. Track with me. Mostly we're living on the stuff of this world and very little interest in feasting on God's word and talking with the Lord and living with the Lord and singing to the Lord. And I'm just too busy. I'd like to, but I got my own little kingdom. I got, I got my own stuff, Jesus. So we've got good excuses, right? I'd like to give you everything I got, Jesus, but I'm, I'm too busy, you know, and, and I, I'd like to join a small group, but, you know, I just bought a field. And, and, and would you start using your gifts? Would you like to serve? Would you like to get involved? Well, I really would, but I've got to try out my oxen on my fields first. Well, would you like to go to Haiti and, and go visit our, our sister church in Derryville? You know, I would, but I just got married. 
How long have you been married? Five years. But, you know, I'm just still newly married. Talk to me some other day, and, and, you know, maybe that might work out. Here's the danger. Instead of entering into a vibrant, alive, growing, exciting, make-a-difference relationship with Jesus, far too many of us are content with fire insurance. Well, I think I'm okay. I, 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 think, I think I got that covered because, you remember, I said that prayer when I was six, and, and I'm pretty sure I meant it back then, and, and I think because I said the right words, I, I, I think I'm good. I, I, I got my fire insurance, and I'm pretty sure I got my ticket to heaven. Well, how do you know that? Well, well I, I, I said all the right words, and, and I walked that aisle, and, and I was pretty sincere, um, uh, have you been following Jesus since then? No, but, but I, think, I think I'm going to be okay. I got my fire insurance. I got my ticket to heaven. The chief problem that this parable highlights, the danger, are you ready? We're comfortable, we're satisfied, and I just barely want to just barely, by the smallest of margins, just barely squeeze into heaven. Okay, I made it. Just made it. And we really don't have much of an appetite for knowing Jesus or following Jesus or living for Jesus. Um, I, I just don't want to go to the other place. And, you know, I, I kind of like the idea of this God, Jesus, Bible, bless me stuff. I like that. Here's how Wilbur Reese puts it. Listen close. I'd like to buy $3 worth of Jesus, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a nice snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of Jesus to make me love a person of a different color or to pick cherries with a migrant worker. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of a womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal, but put it in a paper sack, please. I'd like to buy just $3 worth of Jesus please. Is it possible that instead of living as a child of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, eating at His table, banqueting with Jesus? Because see, the banquet begins now. We think, oh, the banquet, that's like later. That's like, no, it starts now. If you're not banqueting with Jesus today, then you don't get to be a part of the banquet later. You tracking? The banquet must begin today. The connection with Jesus, the walk with Jesus, the passion for Jesus starts when? Say it. Today. It's not some far... Is it possible that you've settled for $3 worth of Jesus? Got my ticket to heaven, I think. Got my fire insurance covered. I hope so. Here's what Jesus is saying loud and strong. Listen close. I've come that you might have life. Full, rich, daring, adventurous life. I want you to start banqueting with me now, today. And if you're not, there's a good chance you're not going to banquet with me in Revelation 19. And if you're not at that banquet in Revelation 19, I'm sorry, but you're not invited 
to Revelation 21 and 22 either. But, but here's the good news as we close. You ready? Jesus says, I want all of you to come. I got room for everybody. You're invited. You're invited. All you have to do is come and follow me. No strings attached. Whatever it takes, I'm all in. I, I want to banquet with you, Jesus, and I want to start now, today. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes. You can uh, just let the Lord talk for a little bit. We're not going to drop the screen yet. We're not going to do anything much other than just, Lord, would you make clear how this applies to me and my life today? We're listening. We need to hear from you. Would you show us? I just want to ask a few, uh, I'd call them diagnostic questions. Uh, when, when's the last time you banqueted with Jesus? Here's what I mean. I, I mean, you know, like you, you just really connected and you, there was koinonia and there was friendship and there was fellowship and, and you were filled with his spirit and it was just obvious that that you were connected and walking with and abiding with the king. That's what it means. When's the last time that happened? Spent more time this week in the dumpster of this world? Sin, Satan, self? Or have you been more time this past week talking, reading, living, walking with, staying full of Jesus and His Spirit. Third uh, question, have you found that the Christian life is dull and boring and feels irrelevant? just kind of religious motions. Can I tell you, if that's what you would call the Christian life, that's the $3 paper sack version of Jesus. That's not the real deal. <laughs> that's not banqueting with Jesus, because I'm just telling you, when Jesus comes in, it's bold, it's daring, it's adventurous, it's downright dangerous when you start walking. It's, not, it's never boring. Okay, here's where it kind of turns a bit. How many of you would say, you know, Lord, I, I think you're talking to me? Been a little too busy, got my excuses, but, you know, I, I got a lot going on. I'm a busy person, and, you know, to banquet with you, I, I just don't have time. You know, I, 
buying fields. I'm plowing with my ox. I am working on the relationships in my life. You know, I, I just don't have time for following hard after you. not enough just to like the idea of Jesus and Jesus forgiving you and Jesus preparing a place for you. It's not just enough to like the idea of all that church and God's word talks about. It has to be followed with action. Any of you say, you know, I need to jump in. I, I need to follow hard. I need to start feasting and banqueting with Jesus daily. And by God's grace, Lord, you're, you're talking to me, and I want you to know I've heard. Anybody? Slip up your hand. That's me. That's me. See my hand. All of you are full on in, right? Everybody here, you, you're in right you've dove in and, and you're full how many of you would say no that's not so much and that needs to change see my hand anybody yeah are there others anybody in the balcony yep anybody else that, that needs to change okay well I'm convinced a strong parable like this requires uh, a strong response okay so uh, I, I know what I'm going to suggest right now is hard, but when you go public and all in, no more $3 versions, um, that's when it gets serious, um, and that's when life change can actually start occurring. So um, those of you uh, who are all in, um, here's the challenge. I would challenge you, no more $3 stuff, banqueting, full on, Lord, I, I'm all in. I can't wait for this great banquet, Revelation 19, but I realize it starts today, right now. And that's, that's what I, I want to start enjoying now. And then I'll enjoy it then, and then Revelation 21 and 22 is going to kick in, and wow, is that going to be amazing. Okay, So, if, if that's you, and you're serious, this is a serious challenge. I'd invite you to come on down front. You just kneel down here in front. And we'll have some folks come and pray with you and pray for you. Um, and if nobody comes, okay, that's fine. Um, but if the Lord's knocking and if he's saying, you know, this is serious and uh, this, this parable is serious and what Jesus is saying to me is really serious and I'm going to respond in kind bite you right now right where you see it get up and I, I know this this is like whoa what are you asking um i guess i'm, I'm asking a, a strong response to what i think this is saying come on down if that's you if if got to be all in yep aaron i'd like you just to turn the music down a bit and while some of these folks come down we're going to ask that uh, those of you who uh, should uh, come up and pray alongside some of these folks, make your way down here. Nobody should be alone. But if, if the Lord's speaking to you, come on down. We're, we're going to just 
right where you're seated. We're not even going to stand. We're just going to let the Lord work. Uh, just quietly sing to Him. You pray for these folks. This is a, a serious time when the Lord says, Come on, come banquet with me. Come walk with me. Jump all in. Uh, no more $3 versions. Anybody else? Make your way down if the Lord's talking to you.